0: Thanks to Everlane for supporting Muller She Wrote. Would you buy a t-shirt for $50 if you knew it only cost $7 to make? We wouldn't either. With Everlane, you never overpay for quality clothes. And right now, you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com ag. Plus, you'll get free shipping on your first order. And thanks to Best Fiends for supporting Muller She Wrote. Best Fiends is a unique and exciting puzzle experience unlike any other puzzle games out there. Best Fiends updates the game monthly with new levels and events so it never gets old. Download free on Apple App Store or Google Play. And thanks to Skillshare for supporting Mueller She Wrote. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That's right, Skillshare is offering Mueller She Wrote listeners two months of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. Thanks to Policy Genius for supporting Mueller She Wrote. Policy Genius is the easy way to shop for life insurance online. In just two minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price at policygenius.com.
1: This is Sarah Kenzier from Gaslit Nation, and you're listening to Mueller She Wrote.
2: Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist.
3: Hello and welcome to Mueller She Wrote. I'm your host, Jordan Coburn, and with me today is Amanda Reeder. Hello there. AG is gone this week. And she's having is a day all. off she is having a day off yeah i'm she's, so proud of her yep she's with family she's watching some pig skins is that what it's called Dude, football I I, she's watching football <laughs> with her family <laughs> whatever i was thinking those crunchy pork rinds that's what i was thinking
1: no no i was thinking pig skins <laughs> Oh, God. Everyone who's listening to us, who knows anything about football, is cringing. Every (laughs) time we talk about sports, it's a shit show. Yes. I have
3: one team that I like, and it is the Patriots,
1: and it is because I was born there.
3: Oh, fair enough. Inside the Patriots. And uh, other than that, though, that's,
1: yeah, I, I am pretty useless when it comes to sports. How was your week? My week was pretty good. Just got back this morning from a trip to L.A., and um, I basically just went there to eat food and dance and see friends. and so that was that was really nice. Fantastic. Yeah, that sounds really fun. Yeah. Um, I also had a great week. I recorded a
3: podcast with uh, one of our patrons, actually, Scott. He's a super old school patron. He started his own podcast oh, cool. called Way Off the Record. Nice. Yeah, we did a fun interview and he's just getting started on that podcast. So big ups to Scott. And if any other patrons want to start your own podcast... We're a huge fan of that, obviously. So start your own pods. And um, yeah, let us know if you've got other projects and stuff. We'd love to hear about it. Oh
1: my gosh. That is, I I love that idea. You should tweet at us at Muller Shiro with the podcast that you're working on or your creative projects. Yeah. Love that.
3: A lot of people too are already just like amazing creators and have projects too and stuff. So so many awesome creative people Mm -hmm. who are fans of our show. Yeah. Love hearing about it. Yay. Uh, So we have a great show for you all today, including an update on the five Trump cases that are working their way through the courts. Uh, Three have made it to SCOTUS already, so stick around for that interview later in the show with Uncle Blazer. Um, And Before we get started, we wanted to start by thanking one of our patrons. who We we sent out a call for coasters a really long time ago Mm -hmm. uh, because we're always drinking things in here mostly water nowadays the alcohol days for recording are gone (laughs) those
1: are long gone (laughs) too much of a
3: intense recording schedule for that yeah too many lost recordings (laughs) it's just like oh god all right this is this is done we have people listening now um but someone sent us these really really great ceramic coasters so i just wanted to uh read the letter real quick they said uh, this is from tamara thank you tamara she says hi ladies Muller, she wrote, is a lifesaver. I'm a potter, and one of my favorite ways to decompress is to listen to MSW while I make pots in the studio. One day, while glazing a pot, I heard your call for some more coasters, and I thought, I can do that. It took me a while to squeeze it in, but here they are at last. My husband picks up what he calls street metal while he's out riding his bike. Most of the time we toss it, but when he found a tire balancing weight that says Muller, I hung onto it, knowing I would find a use for it eventually." Your coasters were just a ticket, so I made a stamp from the wait, and off I went. I hope you enjoy them. I'll certainly keep enjoying your news with swearing. Uh, Yours in hope, Tamara. Um, Yes, P.S. If you'd like to see more examples of my pottery, you can find that at uh, Tamara Beachum. That's T-A-M-A-R-A-B-E-A-C-H-U-M dot com slash art dash
0: shop.
1: Cool. Yes. Yeah, really cute little um handmade ceramic coasters. Very cute. Very sweet. Yes, they're beautiful. I love mm. them. Thank you, Tamara. Um. So yeah, we love stuff.
3: If you have stuff, that's cool, and it behooves you send it to stuff. We have our <laughs> our stuff website on our, our our wait our stuff address on our, our website. So we have
1: our stuff website. <laughs> we have our stuff website. We
3: have yeah our address
1: with our PL box is listed
3: on our website yes. and indeed. Um. We also just want to say that we misspoke last week. Ag had said that all patron levels, uh, or she mistakenly had said that only a certain patron level was going to get our in-video set up, but she actually meant to say that all patron levels are going to get the in-studio video set up once that gets started up. And AG will be putting out a series of book club episodes that are just for patrons at all levels. Again, this is another all-level perk. Uh, it's going to be book reviews of the new book by the founders of Fusion GPS. So that's going to be fantastic. We have previous book club episodes that uh, always get released to patrons first. And those are really a good, they're a good time. They're, they're you know, books when you don't have to read them mm-hmm. or you get to read them and get commentary. It's great. Yeah. Only enhances the experience. Exactly. Yeah. So check that out if you're not a patron um you also get ad free daily beans if you are a patron our newsletter you'll get that comes out on fridays now you'll get thank you gifts from us you'll get pre-sale tickets to live events and access to meet and greets and access to bonus episodes and bonus content so if you are not a patron yet become one now at patreon.com slash muller she wrote uh again that's patreon.com slash muller she wrote sweet yeah and now it's time for our favorite segment corrections
2: It's a mistake. It's hard for me to say I'm
0: sorry. Oh, I made
2: a mistake.
1: Alrighty, so I'm going to lead Corrections today, Jordan, if that's okay with you. Yeah, so this is... No rules. No rules. Angie's gone. (laughs) Angie's not here. Do whatever we want. Um, So this is from an anonymous listener, and she says, you guys are great. I listen every morning to keep with the news while maintaining my sanity. Uh, Sorry, to keep up with the news. You guys mentioned RACES in Texas as a good organization to donate to help with the situation at the border. This is a great organization, but it is important to note that RACES only provides aid to refugees in Texas. While Texas is huge, it is not the only border state and so it is important to donate to other organizations as well so yeah awesome very very great point i did not know that thank you so much yeah totally and she also says uh, you guys make me laugh every morning and i often find myself using your nicknames for many republicans in my daily life <laughs> which confuses people moon is. milkshake matt gates yes um this is from pete and he says new listener big fan thank you pete he says paul manafort's fashion fetish was actually ostrich jackets not lizard unless it's both and i'm uninformed
3: (laughs) i forget where lizards came into the picture i don't know they did but definitely ostrich
1: for sure i know
3: i know he's right on that yeah
1: um uh where are we here uh from dan thanks for giving us some brits some light relief from our own shit show at home this is so uh, slight tangent here i was chatting with a british friend at a party over, over the weekend and we were talking about the upcoming uk election total shit show yeah yeah and uh not a correction per se but this there was a discussion of whether nicholas cage has done anything good and i was <laughs> screaming oh no at you all adaptation <laughs> oh okay And then he says the way Cage simultaneously plays two characters and manages to make them both utterly pathetic and repellent and yet also sympathetic is awesome. So someone really loves Nicolas Cage. Yes, (laughs) we did have a... We had quite
3: the ups and downs of shitting on him and trying to find redeeming qualities.
1: (laughs) Then he says, keep the justice born coming and come and do a show in the UK sometime. We'd love to have you. I'd love to go there. That'd be so good. That would be good. Um, This one was from Elizabeth and this one was written specifically for me. Thank you, Elizabeth. Mm, Yes. Um, (laughs) Hi, Mandy. I understand what you were saying about voting being a privilege. Um, yeah, I think I said that on a show last week, but I disagree. Yes, there are people in other countries who do not have the rights we have here in the United States. That's kind of what I was referring to that, Mm -hmm. like globally, it is a privilege to, you know, to live in a democracy. Um, and she goes on to say, um, uh, uh, yes, we need, and yes, we need to be super appreciative of our democracy, but voting is not a privilege. It is a right. There's a huge difference between those things. Privileges have to be earned. Rights are given. I only point this out because of the trolls who seem to think it's no big deal to have to produce a photo ID at the polls. <laughs> These folks seem to feel that people should have to work for their rights, which is backwards. You should never have to work to exercise your democratic rights um, through getting a photo ID or traveling out of town to a polling place or whatever. Rights are rights.
3: Yeah. That's a great email. Yeah. In a global environment, it's safe to say it's a privilege. Mm-hmm. On a national environment, it is 100% a right. Absolutely. If that is fair to say. Yeah. And if not, we will get an email. And yeah. we will read it next week. <laughs> uh,
1: okay. Uh where else? We got um I think Five or six uh, corrections about this from Thomas C, from Christian Ingersoll, from Martin L, from Jack, from Alex T, from Stephanie, from Judy S, and from K. Apparently, uh, when we were talking about Miracles App, the Immaculate Conception, oh, yeah, 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 we got it real wrong. Yep, yep. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> um, yes. So, um so Jesus was the Virgin Birth. The Bible doesn't refer to it as anything but basically being visited by the Holy Spirit. So Zapped seems right. The Immaculate Conception, of which you refer, is actually mary's conception where she was born without original sin
3: amazing i did Um, not know that at all neither did i yeah and i tried to be like oh yeah i know this because i studied it in college but (laughs) i should have went on to say that i got a c in that class
1: yeah (laughs) uh so we got a whole bunch of corrections about this um and uh and then there was one more that said um she was she was conceived in a sinless state essentially is is the uh, the doctrine reading of that so mm-hmm. thank you guys all so much for that suggestion um sorry we didn't know that yes <laughs> yeah or correct correction correction right? yeah. uh, yeah. d- that suggestion i think it's pretty well documented. Yeah. yeah. um <laughs> yes uh one more here okay at least
3: as far as they're concerned
1: Um, actually a couple more so uh, anonymous says love your optimism about democracy thank you we try Um, (laughs) the supreme court justices are matched up with particular uh, circuits but not as chief judges or justices of those circuits as you mentioned on the show Mm. Um, the matching is simply an internal division of labor at the u.s. supreme court in order to split up all of the workload of time sensitive motions like requests for extensions uh, coming from each circuit so, okay. and then she links or um, uh, anonymous links to um, a Scotus blog, um, uh, blog post about that. Cool. Two more quick ones here. So, um, this is this was a really interesting one. So, this is from Josh F. In the Daily Beans episode, Miracles App, you wondered why Sarah Pitlick would be against IVF. I grew up in a very conservative evangelical Christian home with pro-life parents. So I can offer a quick explainer for her views. According to the daily beast, she comes from the Thomas More society, a pro-life law firm that advocates for religious freedom. The pro-life movement believes that life begins at conception during IVF, multiple eggs are fertilized, but only one or two are actually implanted depending on the decision of the person or couple receiving treatment. The rest may end up being destroyed, which the pro-life people view as uh, murder. Um, he then goes on to say, my wife and I are of uh, uh, one of the one in six couples in America facing fertility issues. So this makes us exceptionally fucking angry. I'm not really sure what we can do about it, but thank you for at least bringing attention to these issues. And uh, apparently uh, the podcast Opening Arguments has mm-hmm. done some episodes um, or has, has brought this up um, and yeah. brought up some IVF cases in recent episodes. So um, then he says, thanks as well for leaving B-roll audio in the patron feed. It makes <laughs> I got a good laugh out of it. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's really crazy. interesting, huh? So, I'm
3: confused because then the question becomes like, well, first off, thank you very much for sending that email. Yeah, was, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Yeah, and I'm really sorry that you're struggling with mm-hmm. those issues. I can only imagine how hard that is. Yeah. Um. But but back to pro-lifers argument I, I, arguments. I can't. Where else? Mm-hmm. Would the eggs be going anyway? Like, is it murder if you don't fertilize your eggs? Well, yeah, I. <sighs> Because they're they're saying you've harvested these eggs, debate, right? And you're choosing only right. certain eggs, which then is like, yeah,
1: not fertilizing the other eggs. Is that what they're? Is that what the argument is? I th- Did I, think, I understand? That? I think the suggestion is that like, I, I think it's more just like you're you're playing God essentially is what right. it comes down to, right? Like you, the certain fertilized eggs you may discard of is what they're saying. Yeah. But um, a little bit more. Oh, one got it. final okay. thing for context here. We got one more correction from Emma, who said people are also often against IVF and surrogacy because that is often the way that same-sex couples and singles can have babies, Hmm. right? Which would only kind of strengthen the resolve to be against this sort of procedure. That makes complete sense. Yeah. So that's all for corrections. Yeah.
3: All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Cool. If you have any corrections for this or for, or for MSW or for the Daily uh, Daily Beans podcast, please head to moishirote.com, click contact, select corrections, and we will get it right eventually. Uh, we have a lot of news to get to today, so let's jump in with just the facts. <laughs> Alright, kicking it off. This week, Wednesday, we had an impeachment hearing in the House Judiciary Committee featuring four constitutional law scholars, three of which were called by the Democrats and said that they believe Trump committed impeachable offenses, and one that was called by Republicans and basically said it's too soon to determine whether or not he did commit impeachable offenses or not. These were not fact witnesses. Uh, Republicans did not let us forget that throughout any, any of the hearing. These were legal minds called into the committee to give public guidance to congressmen and women on what conduct they believed was or was not impeachable, and presumably what should be included in the articles of impeachment that congressmen and women are planning to bring against Trump. So the three Dem-friendly witnesses reiterated throughout the hearing that Trump withholding aid to pressure a foreign government to open up investigations into his political opponents is a clear abuse of power that constitutes an impeachable offense. Uh, Here's some of what we heard from the dead witnesses. So we had the very tweed like Noah Feldman from Harvard Law say, quote, on the basis of the testimony and the evidence before the House, President Trump has committed impeachable high crimes and misdemeanors by corruptly abusing the office of the presidency. Uh, then we had Stanford Law
1: Professor Pamela Carlin. She was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, th- I was. I think one of our shows last week. I was just expressing my adoration for her. Totally rad lady, super badass,
3: uh, and just another continuation in the saga of women killing in these hearings. Yes. Uh, so Carlin said, "Quote: The evidence reveals a president who used the powers of his office to demand that a foreign government participate in undermining a competing candidate for the presidency." Uh, very true. Very shitty very awful <laughs> next up university of carolina <laughs> school of law professor michael gerhardt said quote the record compiled thus far shows the president has committed several impeachable offenses including bribery abuse of power and soliciting a personal favor from a foreign leader to benefit himself personally obstructing justice and obstructing congress so he really went in uh, especially on the obstructing congress he piece. went hard. he went very hard mm-hmm. uh, rightfully so the list of high crimes and misdemeanors breached by Trump, according to the Democratic side, included uh, they had the ABCs of impeachment laid out. Right. They made it all cute. <laughs> they had Like a nice little storybook <laughs> format for it. I don't think I saw that particular. Part. Uh, yeah. There, Very cute. There was uh, abuse of power, betrayal of national interest and corruption of elections. Not cute topics at all, <laughs> but presented as yeah the ABCs of impeachment, which also Republicans were just like harping on. Just saying like, your ABCs of
1: impeachment can't even more mean shit. Whatever. <laughs> Is there a particular Republican who's inspired that um, impression? I guess I was thinking Jim Jordan, but then yeah. it, got, it
3: got a, I don't even, I
1: don't really know yeah. where
3: it went off the end there. But
1: <laughs> So we need video. Yeah,
3: You guys definitely. are missing all of
1: Jordan's hand talking. Very sad. <laughs>
3: They'll see it. That's another thing. Become a patron, right? We'll get the video. Um, it'll be nice. Although I am in pajama pants right now. Grinch pajama pants. Grinch pajama pants. Yeah. $14. Old Globe Theater. <laughs> Shout out. Um, anyways. So, yeah. the um, We're going to hear that over and over again, I think. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see when they pick up their their next hearing um, on Monday, how much they're going to adhere to that sort of like ABC format. We'll we'll see how many articles of impeachment they actually wind up sort of uh, fleshing out maybe in that hearing. Uh, But we'll get to more on that hearing later. So that was the Dem side. The other one guy, the other (laughs) Republican-called witness, if you will, he is a scholar at George Washington School of Law. He's named Jonathan Turley. Turley did not take the stance that uh, Trump didn't commit impeachment offenses necessarily. Uh, I should say impeachable offenses, sorry. Uh, But what he did, the stance that he did take was that committees haven't seen enough documents and testimony yet to make that determination.
1: The comparison between the three pro impeachment witnesses and the one who was like, well, I don't know, like you have three people mm-hmm. being like absolutely impeachable. He's breaking the law like this is unconstitutional. He can't be doing this. And just so much clarity and conviction in what they're saying. And then the Republicans bring out Turley and he's like, well, um, it's like bad, but is it that <laughs> bad? Yeah.
3: <laughs> we don't know yet. What the fuck? We have to wait to hear things <laughs> yeah. from people. Yeah. Even though i'm gonna fail to acknowledge that those people have been prevented uncooperative yes well i've been blocked a lot of them just have straight up been blocked from coming in front by the white house Mm -hmm. and so it's like talk yeah just talking about that whole point that we'll we'll get to that i'll get to that bitching later but Mm -hmm. yeah it's just it's such a pointless defense or argument to make when you're sitting in a in, within the walls of a chamber that is half populated by people that don't want certain witnesses to come. Really, ultimately, because they wouldn't be helpful to Trump's case. And then on top of that, Trump himself is not going to come in. Um, and then on top of that, we have you know them wanting to call people like Adam Schiff and yeah. the whistleblower, who are who are people that 100% are not going to be called as long as the Democrats have anything to say about it, because there, it's just an absurd group of witnesses to want to call. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But Turley said, "Uh, I believe this impeachment not only fails to satisfy the standard of past impeachments, but would create a dangerous precedent for future impeachments. Uh, So now this is, yeah, it's obviously kind of a self-defeating witness for the Republicans because... They're saying they shouldn't move forward because they haven't seen all the evidence. But like I said, the White House keeps blocking those people and that evidence from coming to that committee. So, of course, there are, you know, the outliers, like I was talking about, Adam Schiff, uh, you know, the whistleblower, just people, people that rep- like
1: Democrats are not going to entertain. So um, refresh my memory here a little bit. Who are some of the people that we know have been blocked from testifying by Trump? Well, there's the people that are having lawsuits that are like
3: working their way through the courts right now, like Mm -hmm. Kupperman. Mm -hmm. And then there's people that are, there's Don McGahn, which Mm -hmm. is one that now is in appeals and we're still waiting to hear back on that decision. But that's a huge witness for obstruction of justice counts, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's all the way back from Mueller report stuff. That doesn't even have anything to do with Ukraine. But there's, there's McGahn, there's Kupperman, there's, Bolton, who I guess we're just kind of waiting to see if he's going to go rogue and come in and testify anyway, Mm -hmm. but there's witnesses that are more in that camp, and then there are witnesses like Adam Schiff and like people that Republicans want to call in and use to peddle the narrative that they just coordinated with one another. That Mm -hmm. Schiff coordinated with a whistleblower. They came up with this story and how they were going to attack it from these different angles, and then it was all just a complete... Contrived hit job, right? Irrespective of all the facts that we already know from Trump's
1: own transcript that he released. (sighs) (laughs) Sometimes, yeah, it leaves you without words. Yeah. Which is not a good thing on a podcast. So, (laughs) no, definitely not. I do think, though,
3: to your question, Mm -hmm. Ukraine Gate, they've seen, they've had an easier time. Getting the essential witnesses to come in. Yep, you know, I can't. um, It's not comparable, I don't think, to the amount of resistance that they face in the Mueller report stuff. Yep, Um, but I also do think that he's just doing this across the board wherever he can. So of course, it's still, it's there's like his financial documents, for example, that he is just doing anything that he possibly can to block from getting to Congress and to getting in front of any sort of eyeball that is going to see it mm-hmm. and think, oh, wait, no, okay, yeah, this is actually as bad as I thought it was. And then, if they're Republican and they see that, they're either going to have to lie to their constituents, mm-hmm. and obviously the Democrats are going to take it and run with it like the uh, ballers they are. <laughs> ballers. <laughs> Uh, so yeah that's uh that's kind of where where that one republican was at um not not super effective I don't think did you get I, a did you get I a chance to really watch I watched what? yeah,
1: I did I watched part of his hearing um i i i i I guess I'm surprised i guess i'm not i mean I'm not surprised because it's it shouldn't be easy to find someone who can who can produce a credible defense right because there is not one mm-hmm. but how in my opinion how the poor performance of Jonathan Turtley speaks volumes as to where we are if that was the person that they if that was their yeah you know
3: yeah they didn't even have anyone to come in and say yeah no this wasn't wrong right they had someone come in and say we don't know yet we can't make that determination we don't know how wrong it was yeah basically yeah yeah
1: well also what I've really been struggling with recently and this again is like a shift in public sentiment and a shift in like culture how we've basically gotten to a point now where we're just like well yeah some level of corruption is completely normal Mm -hmm. some level of corruption is completely fine it's the get over it and it's the like you know you know it's it's i feel like honestly since 2016 Mm -hmm. the level of corruption that we normalize the level of corruption we're supposed to accept without like, without losing our shit over it... Yeah. ...is become unreasonable.
3: Yes. And that's I, kind
1: of their... That's their positioning, where it's, like, you have to expect some level of corruption. There's going to be some level of corruption in government. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not as bad as you think it is, essentially.
3: Yeah, totally. And I also think... I mean, going... It's... It goes back to when, you know, Trump early on was saying, well, U.S. interferes in other people's elections all the time Mm -hmm. to somehow make some sort of excuse for Russia doing it to us and then the crazy, unprecedented way that they did, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. We're being gaslit all the time. Yes. And we skipped the part. So we have, like, we have our political landscape, right, Mm -hmm. where both sides 100% are guilty, I think, of engaging in corrupt acts, right? (laughs) Yeah. I full heartedly... Believe that Republicans and people that give money to Republicans typically are going to be involved in corrupt acts at a higher rate. 100% I maintain that. But I know that Democrats also have a history of doing that stuff too, right? Sometimes Mm -hmm. they're not perfect. But we're going from that understanding of a reality, Mm -hmm. skipping over the part where we're talking about how we need to address corruption everywhere. And then just jumping right to the part where we say, you know, that it's acceptable. Everything is corrupt and nothing matters. Right. Right. It's like, whoa, you're missing a huge step in that determination, which is addressing the corruption. And trying to fix it. Yes. Yeah. And they're able to make that argument to any sort of effectiveness to their base that the democrats are the ones that are actually corrupt mm-hmm. because you know Schiff and the whistleblower or whatever and andre uh, alexander Ch- chalupa and and all of these mm-hmm. these other conspiracy theories they're able to just make that argument now mm-hmm. under that umbrella that guise mm-hmm. of there being corruption on both sides it's
1: just yeah that comes back to too and i don't know if you're bringing this up later or but the when you were talking about the documentary that giuliani is making right now yeah again it's part of this like alternate reality like we're going to expose their corruption yes it's like no we have
3: courts that do that yeah unfortunately the DOJ is led by a Trump sympathizer but there are still plenty of courts and court proceedings that are happening and lawmakers and officials who are doing whatever they can to and thank actually fuck for them yes to actually go through due process yeah and yeah do what I've said it's it, supposed to be done to investigate those things and I've not said this just before conspiracy theories
1: um, I've said this before but something that is actually to America's benefit right now in this particular time that we're in is the fact that it's a really like litigious country mm-hmm. you know I was talking yeah. to a friend over the weekend about Definitely. how that there's a general strike taking place in France right now have no. you heard about this no okay oh wait um I think I saw a headline that said people are advised to like cancel their yeah, trips it's, over there. They're upset with Macron over certain cuts that he's doing. And I, mean, I don't have the specific details that I, on the the list of things that they're protesting. But it's it's about cuts and um, austerity, um, fundamentally. Please correct me if I'm wrong on, on that. I'm sure I am. But um, there, as a, a six in 10 French people polled support this general strike. I mean, bike shops are selling out of bicycles because people are refusing to um, people are not showing up for work. People are not running the trains like they're doing a general strike. Damn. Society won't function until he concedes on some of these things. Now, would that happen here? Probably not. However, what America has, which a lot of other countries do not have, is this like fiercely litigious culture, mm-hmm. which is I think is to your benefit right now. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. The bummer about
3: that, though, is that anyone can sue anyone. really. Yeah. And yeah. Anyone can waste anyone's goddamn time and money. Yeah. So it becomes endless suing. Yes. Yeah. Which is fucking Nunes. yeah, Sunez,
1: yeah. <laughs> Devin Sunez.
3: <laughs> it's absurd. His list, his list of fucking lawsuits right now is absurd. He's suing entire newspapers. He's suing Twitter accounts. He's suing. He's suing all of Twitter. He's suing all of CNN. He's suing all of Esquire. It's like he's suing individuals. He's. Fu- it's so fucking insane. Cool, but, <laughs> anyways. So that was that. Yeah. That was Wednesday. Um, <laughs> then uh, Saturday, drawing from what was heard Wednesday, the House Judiciary Committee released a report outlining the historical arguments for impeachment. So this came out Saturday. Uh, we can assume this report was released in anticipation of the next impeachment hearing, which is scheduled to happen Monday or today. Now, if you're not a patron and listening to this early.
1: Uh, so if well, this, this is a short episode, so it goes out on Sunday. Oh, god damn. Yeah, it's the Daily Beans that goes out the night before. My bad. FYI, if you become a patron, you get your Daily Beans episodes the night
3: before. Well, there
1: we go then. (laughs) Well, then in that case, if you're listening when we drop this,
3: get up early tomorrow because they're doing a hearing tomorrow. So that's um, basically what they're going to be doing in that hearing is presenting the cases for and against impeachment as informed by lawmakers in the House Intelligence and Judiciary Committees. Uh, This hearing, by the way, is reportedly going to be conducted like a trial. Mm. And could be the last hearing that we see before articles of impeachment are drafted. So Damn, that's tomorrow morning? Yes. Okay. So definitely a uh, bookend-ish. A very important thing to tune into as if everything that's been happening in Senate or House Intelligence and House Judiciary hasn't been incredibly important over the last few weeks. But (laughs) yes, tune into that uh and as all this has been transpiring there's been the looming question of whether or not the white house plans to participate in any hearings moving forward nadler gave the white house a friday deadline to state whether or not they uh could anticipate their participation in the hearing on monday um i mean surely you think trump couldn't wait to get himself in the room to set the record straight right you would think on what he says has been perfect conduct Uh uh-huh right uh but Wrong, because Friday the White House cancel cancel the White House. God, I wish the White House was canceled. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, The White House Counsel Pat Cipollone sent a letter to Jerry Nadler, and here's what it says. I'm just going to read it because it's pretty historic. It's also pretty short. So here we go. Dear Chairman Nadler, as you know, your impeachment inquiry is completely baseless and has violated basic principles of due process and fundamental fairness. Nevertheless. The Speaker of the House yesterday ordered House Democrats to proceed with articles of impeachment before your committee has heard a single shred of evidence. House Democrats have wasted enough of America's time with this charade. You should end this inquiry now and not waste even more time with additional hearings. Adopting articles of impeachment would be a reckless abuse of power by House Democrats and would constitute the most unjust, highly partisan, and unconstitutional attempt at impeachment in our nation's history. Whatever course you choose, as the president has recently stated, if you are going to impeach me, do it now, fast, so we can have a fair trial in the Senate and so that our country can get back to business. Sincerely pat a ziploni cast of the president damn yeah really like that reads like not very official language to me
1: did you get that sense too i don't i mean right it's like yeah it was, aside was, from the like whining yeah it was somewhat informal in its language yes um, it is but the tactic of turning it around and calling them abusive of power and them unconstitutional oh right it just it same tactic it makes my eyeballs want to pop out of my head or something <laughs> totally we talk about this all the time and i yeah. feel like a
3: broken record kind yeah. of but because it's every time it happens we point it out but it's like just accusing the other side of the same shit that yeah, you actually exactly did over and over again mm-hmm. verbatim abuse of power
1: mm-hmm.
3: really yeah abuse of power god damn yeah he says here also, I mean, single shred of evidence. That's such like such a fucking informal, unprofessional
1: way to like. Cool. Then write a letter. Then like why that. don't
3: you come in and defend yourself? Then yeah, exactly. <laughs> because they know that their client is a fucking idiot. It would make everything a thousand times worse for him and everybody else that's involved if he came in, and they know that shit. But so they're not
1: coming. There's that. The thing um, is, though, all of these people who have their political futures tied to Donald Trump are not going to let this fucking ship go down easily.
3: Yeah at right. all <laughs> right you it's know? gonna be the, yeah, the hardest the hardest fight on the way down just an entirely futile effort yeah into no, maybe not entirely futile because unfortunately it's just they're just like yeah racist whack-a-moles everywhere in the country like they'll <laughs> go down in dc and then pop up somewhere else and fucking come to power in some other shitty way they have so much money it's so sad <laughs> it's really scary Moving on, Um, keeping
1: it positive. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. Keeping it positive (laughs) on the show. (laughs) Also
3: breaking late Friday from the Hill, uh, Adam Schiff has sent a letter to Mike Mike Pence formally requesting that he declassify documents related to his aide Jennifer Williams. We saw her testify to the um, House. Mm -hmm. Uh, So Jennifer Williams' testimony that was in front of intel committee right so Williams had remembered new details about a call that took place between Pence and Zelensky on September 18th Mm -hmm. so that's September that's after July right that's Mm -hmm. after pretty much most of the shit's gone down Mm -hmm. Uh, but Pence's office had said that the new details she remembered about the call happened to be classified details so she had to submit a classified supplemental statement to Congress about that call now Schiff is requesting this information be released to the public to basically just further corroborate evidence in the inquiry Yep. Um, Pence last month said that he has no objection at all to the release of the call so Schiff is basically calling him on that Uh, he's like oh really bro yeah (laughs) yeah exactly um this is a quote, your willingness to release a transcript of your calls with President Zelensky necessarily means that you do not believe there is anything contained therein that would cause any harm to US national security if publicly disclosed. End quote. Mm-hmm. So
1: called out, right? <laughs> we'll see where that goes, though. Hopefully we'll find out soon. Um Do we know do we know what it was? And do we have exactly an inkling as to what I have no idea.
3: Hmm. Right. I mean I mean I would think let's see, so she's I'm imagining... we we'll A.G.'s
1: beans on this tomorrow.
3: <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, my hopeful beans mm-hmm. are that there would be details in that call that would outline either some kind of, you know, Pence calling Zelensky being like, hey, a damage control kind of call thing. Yeah, sorry about him, dude. Like, this shit, we got a whistleblower complaint, you may have heard about that thing, yeah. and uh, yeah, let's, like, talk this through, and then whatever content isn't... I can't imagine why else they would be talking, right? right. What's up, buddy? We're just dudes. <laughs> <laughs> We're just dudes chilling
1: out. How's it going? Zulinski? Clearly, you have no oh. idea how men talk to each other, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. What's up, buddy? We're just dudes. <laughs> yeah. So nothing, you, nothing
3: to see or nothing to y- talk about. You know
1: what, though? Okay, a slight tangent. Sometimes when I see men interact with each other and the way that they speak to each other, you know, in a convivial way, I'm like, that's how men communicate, huh? Interesting. Yeah. Very different than how women communicate I know. when it they're is. with each other it is very interesting <laughs> but hopefully we'll find out soon yeah um no but yeah that, that's yeah I'm curious to see what happens with that what, what's her name Jessica Williams uh Jennifer Williams Jennifer Williams okay yeah. cool mm-hmm um, and of course, Trump is already trying to
3: like distance himself from her, mm-hmm. just doing the classic Twitter treatment, you know.
1: Oh, and uh, it, and it's great too because she's a woman, so he. can Oh, of course. Use, That's his favorite. That. That's yeah. his favorite. When animal. someone sucks, he believes that they yeah. suck, and they're a woman, and they faith. have a vagina. Yeah. Yes. Fuck that bitch. My favorite. Yeah.
3: This is what I think of when I'm acting and crying and shit. My supporters <laughs> will hate her even more now. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Yes. Oh. Um, Okay, and next, we have another awesome BuzzFeed update. As a result of BuzzFeed's FOIA lawsuit, we're getting another round of Mueller-Grand Jury materials. So, fuck yeah. This batch contained a bunch of the FBI's 302 reports. Um, 302 reports are basically interview summaries with people Mm -hmm. Uh, there are still some redactions apparently though so BuzzFeed plans on challenging those redactions Mm. it's like god damn just a freaking
1: Russian doll of redactions just give me the fucking unredacted document I gotta say like BuzzFeed still has some great investigative journalists on their team so shout out shout out to the to the investigative team at BuzzFeed they've done some really good work over the last few years yeah I I mean the media world in general is fucking chaos but Mm -hmm. they still have some rad people working there who are doing good shit
3: yeah they're killing it Mm -hmm. Um, And some of these 302s include interviews from people such as Cohen, former chief of staff John Kelly, Corey Lewandowski. That's a huge one. uh, Hope Hicks, Rick Gates, Omarosa, Mm -hmm. Chris Christie and Rod Rosenstein. So here are some of the noteworthy things uh, that we learned in those documents, I think, um, that came out. From BuzzFeed. So first one is it looks like Cohen is blaming Trump family lawyers for taking out a line in Cohen's testimony to Congress. The line apparently said the words limited contact with Russian officials. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is about Trump Tower Moscow and about building that project. Right. So apparently that line was taken out for reasons unbeknownst to Cohen at the time. It seems pretty obvious, though. Them just trying to, you know, sweep anything under the rug that they possibly could. They were 100 percent communications, extensive communications between members of Trump's team in Moscow. And I believe it was BuzzFeed that actually posted a really awesome timeline of just everything with Felix Sater and Cohen and Mm -hmm. all these different communications. So, to your point, BuzzFeed is totally killing it. Yeah. Uh, We also learned, too, that Rick Gates, he said Manafort urged him to not cooperate with the government. Gates said Paul Manafort told him in October or November 2017 that the White House was going to protect both of them, and that it would be "quote" stupid to plead because they would get a better deal down the road. Hmm. Yep. So, Pardoning. not surprising, but pretty. How's that
1: going for you, Paul <laughs> Yeah, yeah. How's that holding up for you, buddy?
3: Yep. Exactly. Uh, Then three, we learned Rod Rosenstein was, we talked about this in the Daily Beans a little bit, he was overcome with emotion when talking to the FBI, apparently, about Comey's firing and how all of that went down. Rod said his memo about how Comey had fucked up certain things was not influenced by anyone and that he knew it had to be 100% accurate if he were to stand behind it. Uh, But once he wrote it, he said he didn't get much sleep that night. Uh, He thought Comey was going to wind up being called in Uh, after it became very apparent to him that he was going to be fired, he figured he was going to come in and that it was either going to be him or Jeff Sessions that would fire Comey. But then he found out uh, it was done over email, and as soon as he found that out, just a wave of feeling awful washed over him, apparently. Uh, He used the words angry, ashamed, horrified, and embarrassed. Shit. Presumably at the role that he just realized he ultimately played in just getting Comey the fuck out. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then four, we also learned that Mueller did not apply and then be denied the job of fbi director this is what trump said Mm -hmm. right uh instead he actually withdrew his name from consideration so another classic example of trump trying to say he fired some people and they're like oh no bro i was actually just dipping because you're (laughs) fucking insane (laughs) and that was it um so there we go. Pretty cool stuff. Check yeah. that out on BuzzFeed. That's awesome. They, yeah. When, is, when were these released? A couple days ago? They were released this week. Sweet. Yeah. I don't remember what day. I think it was earlier in the week, though. Yeah. Because, yeah, we covered it A on bounty of, yeah. mm. bounty, of 302s, bounty of 302s. Yeah. Bounty of 302s. Bounty of 302s. Yeah. So, all right. Well, you've got
0: lots more headlines and hot notes coming up after this short break. Hey, everybody. This episode of Muller She Road is brought to you by Everlane. If you're like me, you're tired of spending a fortune on clothes that you know are overpriced and clearly had an astronomical markup. I found a great alternative to overpriced clothes, and it's Everlane. Everlane makes premium clothes with the finest materials, but without the insane markups, so you'll never overpay for quality clothes. Everlane partners with the best ethical factories around the world and practices what they call radical transparency by sharing the true cost of every product they make with the consumer. Transparency and honesty in today's crazy world? Sign me up. I also love that Everlane is mindful of the environment and their impact. Their denim factory, for instance, is the cleanest in the world, recycling 98% of its water, relying on alternative energy sources and repurposing byproducts to make premium jeans, minus the waste. Everlane's clothes look and feel better, cost less and last longer because they sell directly to the consumer. Best of all, their prices are 30-50% to lower than traditional retailers. They have everything from grade A cashmere sweaters, Italian shoes, Peruvian Pima tees, to the new jacket I got made from recycled water bottles. Their clothes are beautiful, comfortable, ethical and much less expensive. Check out Everlane today, and right now you can check out our personalized collection at everlane.com/ag. Plus, you'll get free shipping on your first order. That's everlane.com/ag. Everlane.com/ag. You'll be glad you did.
3: Welcome back. So we've got lots more headlines for you. Uh, starting off, Washington Post is reporting that apparently concerns are resurfacing of the susceptibility of Trump's telecommunications to Russian spying. Mm. So all of his phone calls that he does on like no secure lines at all, people are starting or continuing to be really concerned about that and what implications that's going to have moving forward for intelligence. Yeah. Um, because he still just uses his, like,
1: regular ass unsecured phone, right? He's using
3: private lines. He's not mm-hmm. He's not trying to, like, talk through encrypted communication. He very rarely uses secure lines that he's supposed to be using, right? It, and it's not stopping. And it's just another example of him denying the advice of the intelligence community mm-hmm. and continuing to do what he wants. It's just so dumb because in this case, not only can it hurt national security, but it can also wind up hurting him, Compromat, for example yeah you know uh so he's an idiot the house intelligence committee released phone records this week that occurred between trump giuliani other white house randoms and other people involved in ukraine gates all of which were communications that like i said were not encrypted or protected from foreign surveillance in any way uh the fear here being is trump continuing to open himself up to ongoing Russian compromise um, and up to other things as well, right? Not only could it be used as compromise, but concerns are also rising that Russia could be learning information on the conspiracy theories that the Republicans are peddling and then turn around and fan those conspiracies back home. Mm -hmm. So having a nice feedback loop of all of this with one another, which is, I mean, I can't even like find enough synonyms to describe Right, what this what this means yeah there's there's terrifying mm-hmm. there's uh reckless
1: there's disastrous i'm pretty sure that my like teenage brother knows more about cybersecurity than the president does or, or, or who takes you know takes more safety precautions mm-hmm. i mean yeah <laughs> right and especially i mean when the
3: conspiracy that russia could potentially be overhearing and seeing them working really hard to pedal is a conspiracy theory that Russia didn't interfere, Ukraine did. How convenient is that for Russia? They get to take that, turn around with it, and then start fanning their base with it more. And like I said, it's just this feedback
1: loop. It's a a circle of failure yeah he's a
3: rule of failure yes not to, we got octopus of failure circle of failure just everything of failures yeah and uh when he when Trump gets out of office I hope he goes and like writes a dissertation and he calls it on failure <laughs> I would read that that would be the only academic paper I'd ever read from Donald Trump um but <laughs> Dude, he goes and redeems himself after yeah as a scholar I doubt it as a scholar on failure you'd major in failure um not not to, so <laughs> majoring in failure. Yes. Uh, but so, so all of that is deeply troubling. But not to mention the fact that Russia could feed more false information to Giuliani, knowing that he's traveling abroad with people in Ukraine trying to get dirt. They could easily put someone in Ukraine and put someone in a circle that Giuliani is going to talk to or, or find some way to talk with him directly giving him feeding him the information that he is there supposedly looking for Mm -hmm. if they're not already doing it already I find it hard to believe that they wouldn't already be doing that but um, so yes and like we already reported this week in the Daily Beans Giuliani is traveling abroad Trying to uh, help in the production of a documentary series that's supposed to air as an alternative to the impeachment proceedings on a far-right network. Giuliani's been in Budapest and Kiev the same week of the impeachment hearing, swearing fake witnesses and under oath, doing a legitimate oath ceremony, filming them, and then producing an episode that they're releasing to the public under the guise of the real story. Cool. So, propaganda then. 100% propaganda. Yeah. Yeah and it's all the exact it's they're they're super they're super good and organized when it comes to just having like a one issue thing mm-hmm. that they just hammer just over and over and over again at least as far as their base is concerned like a hammer but. of bullshit a hammer of bullshit mm-hmm. it is the fattest hammer of bullshit <laughs> so that's trump um not encrypting anything not listening to security officials uh at this he, point he just
1: he really is the like angry old uncle at Thanksgiving yelling at Fox News. I mean, that it's just running the government. Yep. Anyway. Yeah. Moving on. Yes. Yes. Um, moving on. So more people that are upset with Trump.
3: Uh, at this point, it truly feels like Trump and his team are committing so many egregious offenses. It's like impossible to up, keep up at this point. Uh, but this week, we're learning that some Democrats are feeling that way. Very much so, uh, specifically relating to Trump's emoluments clause violations. As a quick refresher on emoluments clause uh, violations, basically an emoluments violation amounts to the concept of Trump illegally using his presidency to make money personally. That's Mm -hmm. basically what people
1: are Which he's been doing this entire time. Right. Mm -hmm. And and the rest of his family.
3: Yes. And even though many, many arguments have been made for instances that Trump is doing this instead of personally profit from foreign governments or U.S. taxpayers, for example, for leaders staying in Trump Towers on visits, no emoluments Clause violations are likely going to even make it into articles of impeachment. Mm -hmm. And there are some Democrats that are very upset about that right now. Uh, They're saying that they they intend there's three specifically actually that are saying that they intend on continuing to investigate this issue past trump's impeachment Uh, one of them is dina titus who is actually a rep from nevada my home state go dina Uh, she said we deserve to know exactly who is paying the president and how much Uh, i will not look the other way as the president continues to accept illegal payments that create obvious conflicts of interest so there we go As a reminder, more than 200 Democratic lawmakers in 2017 filed a lawsuit accusing Trump of violating the Emoluments Clause. Mm -hmm. And on Monday, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit is going to hear oral arguments on whether those lawmakers have the legal right to file that lawsuit. So... That's an exciting thing to look forward to. Yeah. So that's next week? Uh, That's Monday. Monday. And then on Thursday, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit in Richmond, Virginia is holding arguments on a similar lawsuit brought by local officials in Washington, D.C. and Maryland. Mm -hmm. So Democrats are planning on continuing to look into emoluments, past impeachment. They've even floated maybe adding it as another article of impeachment if he gets reelected again, Mm -hmm. like later down the line. So we've talked about, you know. Do you just stop here if we don't include things that obviously need to be addressed? Do we do that later? Can we do that later? Yeah. Um, that's yet to be determined, largely probably by the balls on the necklace of Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> but, uh, but then there's also, you know, these lawsuits that are actually making their way through courts right now. Yeah. So,
1: yay. Thank you for that story, Jordan. You're very welcome. Yeah. Lots of stories. I, I, uh, is it sad that I was like, oh, yeah, the emoluments. Like, it's just right. one more
3: And thing. Crew has lawsuits mm-hmm. against them, too. Yep. That it, there's, like, so many different angles that are coming at him on that mm-hmm. one issue alone. Yeah. And even so, it's not consequential enough to make it in right now, as yeah. it would appear into the articles of impeachment. Uh, if anything, maybe just hope that they'll circle back on that later. Uh, okay. And now, a we'll little surprise got- for later. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> Uh, and now we've got some more news on our latest segment. This is my favorite of uh, Devin Nunes is in deep cow shit. So <laughs> Nunes, as <laughs> we know, also known as Devin Sunez, as of 30 minutes ago, uh, Devin Sunez, he apparently had phone calls with indicted Giuliani associate left Parnas. Obviously, we know this. This is the bombshell headline that got dropped in the middle of uh, impeachment hearings. They're the yes, bros. right. Broskies. <laughs> yeah, I don't Bros-ifs. know. I'm sure. Did you? I don't know. I don't know if they actually, I think they just had calls. I don't know oh. if they've hung out as bros per se, but I could maybe. Who knows? <laughs> I could see it too. 100% I could see it. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Who the fuck would hang out with these people otherwise the only way they can get social interaction i imagine is just existing in their small fucking yeah
1: everyone always get drunk cry and watch trump's tweets yes isn't that (laughs) that so true there'll be like there'll be an indictment
3: or a headline that will come out or something and then all of a sudden all these photos showing these people you know one of which is normally entirely random and not known by the rest of the world it's like oh they were hanging out oh these photos are just everywhere and ready all the time Mm, they all I'm hanging out always. (laughs) Um, But Nunes, trying to uh, distance himself from those calls in a futile effort, has said that he can't confirm if he did speak with Parnas or not. He just can't confirm it, he said. He said that he doesn't trust Adam Schiff. He doesn't trust his account of his own calls, so he needs to go through his own call logs so that he can come out and say if it is something that he did or not. Which, that makes sense, right? Like, you're like, hey, hey, I think you committed a robbery, but real quick, before I convict you, can you just tell me if you did, just, like, by your own memory? Uh-huh. If not... Oh, you didn't? Oh, okay, that's cool. Sorry for the misunderstanding. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure whether or not I did. Let me check my phone records. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, the headline, I guess, for this story, really, is that Parnas's lawyer f- hit back at Nunez on Twitter, because that's where lawyers go to ultimately die if we're looking at Avenatti as any example but his lawyer said hey at Devin Nunes Lev remembers what you spoke about you don't remember hashtag let Lev speak
1: (laughs) (laughs) which is a hashtag that he's really going for the the Republican infighting of the people who are going down with this ship that's an enjoyable aspect of this shit show oh yeah let Lev speak
3: yeah it's, I'm also getting, I'm getting like sort of over these Avenatti esque lawyers that uh-huh. are using Twitter as a platform to just get like fucking zangers in. Mm-hmm. It's like that's kind of, that's cathartic for a second, I guess. But then as it continues, it's like, okay, maybe, maybe not all of this stuff. Right. Maybe just go to court and get your shit done because this is actually really important It needs to happen quickly. Hot takes from Jordan Coburn. Yeah. Hot takes, hot notes. Speaking of, uh, (laughs) right after this short
0: break, we're going to come back with some hot notes in our Fantasy Indictment League, so stick around. Hey, Mullerites, it's AG. After a long day of resisting the insanely corrupt administration, sometimes I need a break, a refresher from all the stress and craziness. And one of my favorite mental palate cleansers is a new puzzle game app called Best Fiends. Best Fiends is incredibly fun, has an engaging story and challenging puzzles, but it's a casual game you can play as much or as little as you want. It's not timed, so there's no pressure or stress. Just a great puzzle game. It's my go-to when I just need a break. I'm on level 60 now. I'm getting really good. And to me, it's the perfect game to keep my mind stimulated, but also relaxed. You can collect all the best fiends, level them up, and discover their special powers, and you battle slugs from Mount Boom. Uh, I like to give the slugs different names, like Devin and Rudy. They're just so slimy. The cool thing about Best Fiends is the creators are constantly adding new levels and events, so it's always fresh and fun. Best Fiends is free to download. And to me, the best aspect of the game is that you don't need the internet to play it, so it's great for traveling, which we do a lot. I play it on the plane all the time or on the subway, so give it a try. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters, too. Five-star rated mobile puzzle game with over 100 million downloads globally. Download free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. You'll be glad you did. All right. Welcome back. Hot notes.
3: All
0: right. So my hot note this
3: week is about a new investigation by the UK into the company Glencore. Uh, The UK's serious fraud office. That's what it's called. I did not know that. Indeed. Yes. Yes, indeed. Is investigating Glencore for bribery. Uh, Glencore is saying that they will cooperate with the investigation. Glencore is the world's biggest commodity trader and is also the company that helped Qatar broker the sale of Rosneft, which you've heard us talk about a lot on this podcast. Uh, Rosneft is the massive Russian oil company, and that sale is a sale that Trump might have been set to get about a $280 million cut of. So it's going to be... a big sum of money coming to him and profiting off of that, presumably with some conditions of lifting sanctions. Just a little bit of pocket change. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> um, but with with so many shell companies and so many other things to investigate, I think it's unlikely we're going to get confirmation on that anytime soon, right. Uh, but for Glencore, um, Glencore is already being investigated by the US Department of Justice for alleged money laundering and corruption in Nigeria, Venezuela and the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, And this all dates back to 2007. So they've been looked at with much scrutiny for a long time. Uh, The UK is going to be looking into Glencore's work with a man named Dan Gertler. He's an Israeli billionaire and he is uh, also super tight with the leader of the Democratic Republic of Congo. So UK is looking into uh, that connection. Gertler has apparently made billions of dollars off of essentially being a gatekeeper to all these natural resources deals in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Gertler has had a history of being awful. In a 2001 UN report, he was said to have given, I'm going to call it DRC, moving here, moving forward, Democratic Republic of Congo, we're all good, all gotcha. on the same page, cool. Okay, DRC's, <laughs> uh, given DRC's president $20 million to buy weapons for his army and DRC in exchange for Gertler having a monopoly on the country's diamonds. So, wow. yes. And then in 2017, um, leaked documents that form part of the Panama Papers
1: investigation showed... Remember the Panama Papers? Yeah. Remember? I know, I it know. feels like 20 years ago. It
3: really, really does. I know I read that and I was like, we reported
1: on that pretty much because those dropped pretty much when we first started the podcast. I think the first round of them came out in 2015, right? Which would be right. You started the podcast in 2017. We started in 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I didn't didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. I thought it was fresh off the press. Well, I think there was like several rounds of them, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah, I was just my point was, I remember being so angry about the Panama Papers at the time (laughs) being like global elitism and their, you know, tax evasion. Oh, my God. And Mm -hmm. now I'm like, it's par for the course. And how much I've become jaded in the last five years is kind of incredible. Anyway, carry on.
3: (laughs) If they when they started so... Do you remember if the ones that dropped in 2015 was basically all related to the same stuff like offshore companies and I I could be
1: wrong about this. Maybe it was in 2015. We'll We'll look it up. Yeah, Yeah, we'll look it up. Mm -hmm. Um,
3: I'm sure you're right though. Mm -hmm. But so yeah, the Panama Papers investigation showed how Glencore had apparently secretly loaned tens of millions of dollars to Gertler after Glencore hired him to secure a mining agreement in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, so he has just a history of super sketch business dealings and bribes and quid pro quos and all of these agreements. And bullshit. Yes, and bullshit that allow him to... To wedge his way into a country that honestly has been the profits of their resources mm-hmm. be swept up from underneath them and fed right into the pockets of people like this fucking guy, so uh, that's really fucked up. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, all these investigations, both in the UK and the US, go somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so that's that. That is Glencore. Boo Glencore. Boo. You don't go Glencore. <laughs>
1: That was a solid Mean Girls reference. (laughs) That movie, Mean Girls, really fucking holds up. It really does. It's a classic. It really is. That and also Bridesmaids. Mm -hmm. If we're talking about like female heavy casts, you know, comedy movies from that era, Mean Girls fucking Mm -hmm. holds up. Yeah. Bridesmaids fucking holds up. Yes, it does. Mm. Freaking great movies yeah freaking great
3: movies all right that was my hot note uh moving on we got a special treat everybody
0: ag is going to deliver her own hot note here we go let's hear it what you got ag hey everybody it's ag you know i'm taking the weekend off but i wanted to record my hot note before i left and on last week's show i predicted that our uh, attorney general if that's what you want to call him bill barr would spin the release of the department of justice inspector general report let's listen to that clip from last week Beans on Barr trying to memo it up the same way he did with the Mueller report. Maybe Mm. give a press conference at Trump's request to talk about the shocking revelation of the low-level employee that turned into a criminal investigation. All to try to spin the findings of the report since it debunks long-held Republican conspiracy theories. Well, Beans come true because Barr is now saying he disagreed with with a key finding in in the inspector general report. We reported last week and in some Daily Beans updates this week that the IG report would show and will show that there was nothing wrong or illegal with the way the Russia investigation was opened. As we know and have known, the investigation called Crossfire Hurricane was open when there were clear, articulable facts that Russia was meddling in our election. Uh, A Kremlin-connected professor named Mifsud had told George Papadopoulos, who we call Papadop, that he had dirt on Hillary in the form of stolen emails. Then Papadop bragged in a London wine bar to Alexander Downer, who happens to be an australian diplomat uh he's told him the russians were going to give him those hillary emails the stolen hillary emails and that was in the spring of 2016 downer didn't think much of it until it became public in july that russia hacked the dnc and the dccc so australia called our fbi and told them what papadopoulos said that night and immediately, the FBI, over the weekend, sent someone to the UK to investigate. And that was the hence the opening of the investigation. The Republicans have long since alleged that Mifsud was a plant set, set by the FBI, and, and this was all a massive frame job, and therefore the entire investigation is trash. Um, Papadopoulos even wrote a book uh, saying he was framed by the deep state, and our Attorney General Bill Barr recently traveled to Italy only to find out Mifsud was not working for the Italian Intelligence Service. He tried the same trick in the UK, but found nothing. Uh, The Republicans, he went to Australia, still found nothing. That's where Alexander Downer was from. The Republicans filed multiple lawsuits to dismiss their cases on the basis that the investigation was a sham. And every single time in the courts, they lost. Um, They lost those motions. Those motions were denied to dismiss. So Trump and Bill Barr ordered the Department Department of Justice Inspector General to investigate the origins of the investigation. And they had selected u.s attorney durham to head up another investigation in parallel into the investigation and barr even tried to have andy mccabe and comey indicted for their roles in the origins of the investigation the inspector general investigated comey and said he did nothing illegal and refused to make a criminal referral they tried to make a criminal referral for mccabe after the inspector general found he lacked candor uh, during their investigation but his work on the investigation was legal and above board uh, according to the findings Barr tried to make an indictment stick, but failed again, uh, trying to indict McCabe. The grand jury balked. They didn't return an indictment. And Barr is still trying to keep that investigation open so he can prevent the communications about his about uh, McCabe's firing from coming out in a FOIA case. But Barr lost that, too, as a judge. uh, Judge Reggie Walton actually ordered the investigation into McCabe closed or uh, threatened to release the documents himself. The Department of Justice conceded, said they didn't release the documents, but are still dragging their feet on officially closing the baseless investigation. And now this week, the long-anticipated Inspector General report was supposed to come out in September, then they moved it to late September, then October, and then November, and now it's December. Uh, We're supposed to see that Monday. This is the report Trump supporters promised us would result in hundreds of indictments for Obama, Susan Rice, Sally Yates, uh, Loretta Lynch, Comey, McCabe, Mueller... Uh, Weissman, Baker, Struck, Page, Nellie, and Bruce Orr, anyone else who worked on the investigations, and that everyone would end up in Guantanamo and the FBI would be shut down, <laughs> all based on the uh, Inspector General and Durham's findings. But, as it turns out, The uh, IG report will show the investigations were open properly, uh, very legal and very cool, and that the FISA warrants on Carter Page were obtained legally and within the guidelines of the law. It will also show that while there may have been political bias associated with some of the people who worked on the investigation, like Strzok and Page, the inspector general uh, found before and will find again that that bias had no impact on their work. Uh, In fact, after the Durham investigation, the inspector general investigations into McCabe, Comey, the FBI and Mueller, not to mention Barr's trip to UK, Australia and Italy. The only things they've been able to turn up are one, McCabe lacked candor, but did not break the law two, Christopher Steele is a credible uh, uh, witness and a credible person, according to the inspector general who traveled himself to the UK to meet with him and interview him. Uh, Comey, number three, Comey probably shouldn't have taken his contemporaneous memos outside of the FBI headquarters building, but nothing was illegal about it. Uh, number four, Struck and Page shouldn't have texted that private stuff, but it did not impact their work. And finally, they did find one low-level FBI lawyer that added a line to the bottom of an already sent email uh, on one page of a several hundred page FISA renewal application for Carter Page. The IG made a criminal referral in this case to the Department of Justice, which is why Trump supporters said, oh, my God, the investigation has turned criminal. Um, so far, no charges have been brought. Um, but the IG on the on this lawyer we have we've seen no charges I doubt there will be but the IG found that the line they added had no bearing on the FISA warrant renewal approval keep in mind this was a renewal of the Carter Page FISA warrant not the initial FISA warrant not to mention no one gives a shit about Carter Page he's been caught literally red-handed participating in two previous Russian spy rings uh, and he had already left the Trump campaign before the initial FISA warrant was even granted so unless he was palling around with the Trump campaign uh, after they fired him they certainly weren't using him to spy on the trump campaign and finally we learned from the new york times that not only did the inspector general conclude that mifsud wasn't a spy and there was no frame job it wasn't a setup but we learned that it was durham bar's hand-picked investigator that told the inspector general that mifsud never worked at the fbi Mifsud not only or uh, um, the inspector general not only called the intelligence agencies and said, hey, Mifsud working for you? No. Found out through Barr that Mifsud wasn't working for UK intelligence, found out he wasn't working for Italian intelligence. Found any wo- And so then he called Durham and said, hey, have you come across anything in your bullshit, you know, parallel taxpayer money waste investigation that shows that Mifsud was an agent or an asset of the FBI? No, Durham told him so. I have said many times, I think the months-long delay in the IG report was born out of Barr's desperation to find anything he could. And it looks like you failed. Not just with the inspector general, but the Durham investigation as well. He has a habit of doing this, like when he dragged his feet on the McCabe investigation and turned up nothing, and then left the hush money investigation in the Southern District hanging open and not pushing it forward to prevent New York State from picking it up. A judge caught on to that. And the Manhattan DA is about to get a ruling from the Supreme Court in that um, investigation. And the rest of us cut on with the frivolous investigations into the oranges of the Russia probe. And we will see that report Monday. Um, Now, remember, IG reports are always damning. They're never good, and there is some bad stuff in there. But on the whole, the worst thing to come out of there was that one low-level lawyer who added a line to an email that didn't impact the outcome of the FISA renewal. And as I said at the beginning, just like he did with the Mueller report, Barr is going to spin this IG report because it's not to his liking. The key finding he disagrees with, that I mentioned at the top, is that there's not, you know, that the IG has found that there was enough evidence to open the investigation, Barr disagrees. He's saying there's not, there was not enough evidence to open this investigation. Uh, But if you believe... That a Trump campaign official telling an allied diplomat that Russia was going to give him stolen Hillary emails from Russia after Russia hacked the DNC. If you're going to tell me that's not sufficient evidence on top of all of the other evidence, let alone that you have Flynn Manafort and Carter Page working on the campaign, known deep Russian ties, then you do not understand what articulable fact basis is and, and what sort of basis is necessary to even scratch your own ass. So that's on you, not on us. And so I am looking forward to reading that IG report Like I said, there will probably be some negative things in it Do not fret, all IG reports are negative But if that's all they've got, then they've got nothing So this is AG from Cleveland signing off Take care of yourselves, take care of each other All right, you ready for sabotage? Hell yeah
1: Okay, first off, how is, uh, how's 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 getting going? We've seen some tweets about this. Yeah, I personally am still in. Yeah, nice. which I don't know how that's possible. I am still in, also, and so is AG. Yeah, but, yeah. Interesting. Uh, I tweeted about it um, from the Daily Beans Pod Twitter, and yes. people were people were like, "I'm still in by some miracle." Okay, perfect. But other
3: people are out. Uh, okay, so this is this is good to know. This is getting competitive. Um, it is. As a reminder, where This is the game. When you hear Last Christmas by Wham! Anytime between now and midnight on Christmas Eve, that means you're out. You've lost the game. So tweet at us, snap a photo of the moment when you get out, and tag us at MullerSheWrote, and use hashtag Whamageddon. Yeah, I want your Whamageddon selfies. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that's with two Ms, Whamageddon. (laughs) Make sure we get it right. Uh, The photos we've seen so far, yeah, have been awesome. Um, But for the real sabotage, we got parnas news um parnas is continuing to cooperate uh but we don't really know all the details or really any details on the extent is uh, that a real
1: sentence you just said out loud he's mm-hmm. continuing to cooperate well he's actually reality
3: yeah i should say he's he's continuing to try to cooperate Right, um, but he's cooperating as much
1: as he feels forced to. Yes,
3: but he hasn't signed an official plea agreement. He hasn't signed a non-prosecution agreement, and he hasn't been granted any immunity. Gotcha. So the officialness of the cooperation is to be determined. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does look like he really, really wants to cooperate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we also know that superseding indictments of Left Parnas and Igor Fruman are likely. Uh, but they're still evaluating uh, many things in the case. Um, those things probably being how either of those people are going to play. That's going to drastically affect the indictments that they get, the superseding indictments, if any. So we already have beans on Parnas cooperating and Freeman not, mm-hmm. and I still I still think I'm going to maintain that. But that is our sabotage. So are you ready to play the Fantasy Indictment League? Hell yeah. I'm going to be indicted. No, it is going to be a... Okay. Indicted. indicted! dick. Honey. I'm going to be indicted! i if they can't it's gonna be okay just calm down I can't calm down I'm gonna be indicted alright so updates Nader was indicted this week for illegally funneling money into a 2016 campaign which we believe to be Hillary Clinton's Uh, let's listen to this clip from last week's fantasy indictment draft and I'm gonna do a random
0: Ukraine connected person again cool and I'll go with Ghislaine, plea agreement. Oh, I forgot. Question: Speaking of uh, Ghislaine. for the first time in months, I'm taking Nader off. Watch mm. Nader, watch Nader mm. go down.
1: Uh, speaking of Ghislaine and Ivanka, two of your picks. Um, are there any? Do we know of any updates in any cases surrounding either of those women? Uh, nope,
0: no. Okay, Mm-mm. good to know. I don't Stay know. Stay tuned.
1: Yeah.
3: So Ag took Nader off, and bam, he's indicted just like that. Damn. yeah so she's gone but would like the indictment gods to know she is also taking Nunez and Giuliani off her team this week so maybe they will get indicted so mm. that's that's what her strategy is I um, like it yes I like it too and she hasn't sent me her picks I'll get them from her but yes yeah. okay cool what are yours today Jordan mine okay well also really quick before I give my picks mm-hmm. I got a point because right. yes for what a rando with deep Ukrainian ties he was indicted this week it's Alexander uh, Onoshenko and he was arrested which is pretty good news for my picks here so Onoshenko, he's a former Ukrainian member of parliament uh, he is a person who claimed to have dirt on Burisma and he was arrested earlier this week in Germany and that's confirmed by the Daily Beast so I'm getting a point for that Randos yeah. pay off. Okay. Now we'll go to <laughs> Randos, <pay laughs> Randos pay off. I <laughs> do. Okay. So now I'm going to quote my team or uh, mm-hmm. pick my team for this week. Let's do my first pick is going to be in the spirit of AG taking them off of hers. Mm-hmm. I'll putting them on mine. I'm doing Giuliani.
1: His time just has to be up soon. You feel it's coming? It has to be. Trains are coming. I, I can't. Justice train is coming for you. Yes.
3: <laughs> i'm thinking of like that i'm, tired. Old, I'm sorry uh, no, me too. i'm thinking of that old like 40s thing where there's like a person tied to a train tracks and then some man off on the side screen with like a really big mustache for some reason that's controlling it all <laughs> and has like a stick of dynamite maybe also in his hand do you know what i'm talking about i i do <laughs> i
1: i You've illustrated it extremely well. I know exactly what you're talking about. The fact that that's that's what you're picturing (laughs) is enjoyable. That's the justice train, but it's but it's Giuliani on the tracks,
3: Uh and and the man with the mustache in this instance really could be anyone. Really, yeah. If they were doing the twirly mustache, twirly mustache conductor, twirly mustache conductor man, maybe Jonathan Vendetta, who usually is evil, but in this case is.
1: That's what I'm saying. Just doing That's what why it's it Jefferson Van Ness. If, if if the only yeah. qualifying factor here is the person leading the train has a twirly mustache, uh, I, I nominate JBM. Okay, I'm down for it.
3: <laughs> I was gonna say it could be Bolton if he chose to do the right thing and, and, uh, and yes, really yes. did some serious wax work on his he mustache. He looks like a train conductor.
1: <laughs> he does really he not? Does he really does? Does he not look like a train conductor? He really looks like. If he... I saw him wearing stripes, I would be like, that man is a train conductor. Yes. All it would take would be a little striped cap of some sort. Yeah.
3: He belongs on the inside of every Amtrak around the nation, for sure. that is exactly what it looks like Uh, but yeah Giuliani okay my second pick is going to be Nunes again in the same vein (laughs) not even good just funny (laughs) yeah. Uh, okay and then I'm also going to do I'm doing um, superseding Parnas wait sorry Freeman Mm superseding Freeman I don't think he's cooperating and then plea deal Parnas Oh, Pleadial parnis, Pleadial This is the first week where I'm saying all these names, and I'm thinking like, yes, there's a legitimate chance all of these things can happen, like in the next month. It's going down.
1: Oh,
3: it's going God, down. I want that so bad. Fuck. Okay, and my fifth person.
1: You got a big old justice boner <laughs> today, Jordan. <laughs> okay, and my
3: and my fifth is um. I'm going with a rando again. I'm going rando. With another ties rando. To wear. With Ukrainian ties already. Yeah. I know Russia's going to come back in the mix sooner or later, but I'm sticking with Ukrainian. Yeah. For now. Awesome. Hell Hell yes.
1: yes. Okay. Cool. That's it for the Fantasy Indictment League. There we go. Yes. We will be posting it on uh, Patreon and in our patron-only Facebook group as well, where you can play along. So if you want to play along, become a patron. And we'll be right back with an update
3: on the court cases working their way through the system in this interview with Uncle Blazer. So stick around.
0: Hey everybody! This segment of Mueller She Wrote is brought to you by Skillshare. To me, it's important to continually learn and grow, challenge myself to be better, and continually work to develop new skills. And that's why I love Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of amazing classes covering a diverse array of creative and entrepreneurial skills. With Skillshare, you get unlimited access to thousands of classes. Unlimited access with everything from graphic design and photography to illustration and classes on brand building. You can create online shops and produce viral content. They have classes for that. They help you unlock styles and strategies today's creators need to know and allows you to share and collaborate with a growing community of over 7 million creators. What's so great about Skillshare is they believe the best way to learn is by putting your skills to use. And that's the best way I learn is by teaching. So every class has a project that lets you practice and get feedback. I love that with Skillshare you get to create projects that you're proud to share through classes that include prompts and resources. Whether you're returning to a long-time passion project, challenging yourself to get outside of your comfort zone, which is what I'm doing, or simply exploring something new, Skillshare has the class for you. The next two classes I'm excited to try are ink drawing techniques and digital illustrated typography. I've been out of art class for so long, and I miss it, and it's just so relaxing to me. And there's so many classes to try. You're sure to find something fun and engaging. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for our listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for free. That is right. Skillshare is offering molar she wrote listeners two months of unlimited access to over twenty five thousand classes for free. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash AG. Again, that's Skillshare.com slash AG to start your two months now. One more time, that's Skillshare.com slash AG. You'll be glad you did. Joining us today for the interview is lawyer and analyst Uncle Blazer. Welcome back to Miller She Wrote.
2: Thanks, A.G. Good to be here.
0: I'm glad you're here. So we had a few updates this week in the big five, which is what I'm calling the five major cases moving their way through the courts right now. As a reminder, those are the McGann subpoena case, uh, the Manhattan District Attorney Cy Vance Mazar's case, the Oversight Committee Mazar's case, the Mueller-Grand Jury Materials case, and the Deutsche Bank Capital One case. The the Mueller-Grand Jury Materials case and the McGann case are set to be argued, I believe, in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, both on January 3rd. Uh, but this week, there was a decision in the Second Circuit Court of Appeals in the Deutsche Bank Capital One case. Can you tell us about that ruling?
2: Yeah, so the ruling came down against Trump, uh, requiring that Deutsche Bank comply with the subpoena and turn over Trump's uh, bank records, everything Deutsche Bank has, and also Capital One, but I, I tend to think of it as as Deutsche Bank since they were the principal bank that Trump used uh, in the uh, relevant time period where he was likely engaged in money laundering uh, activities. Um, so Deutsche Bank has to comply with the subpoena and turn over the documents, and the court ordered – that uh Trump has only seven days to seek a stay of its mandate at the United States Supreme Court uh, which Trump uh, filed for that um, stay just today.
0: okay yeah and that and that's important because generally I think he would have 90 days right to appeal um, and this sort of really cut into his delay tactics, right?
2: Well, he has 90 days to file his uh, request, his petition for a writ of cert, which is his request to appeal at the Supreme Court. But what happened in the uh, House Mazar's case was that when he filed for a stay request at the Supreme Court, the stay was granted, but they accelerated the time frame for Trump to file his request for cert. So I expect that we'll see something similar here. If the stay request is granted in the Deutsche Bank case, the Supreme Court will also likely require an accelerated time frame for uh, Trump to request his his cert. And the, the, the key is that the Second Circuit essentially forced Trump to go directly to the Supreme Court to try to get a stay very quickly, which then puts the ball in the Supreme Court's case to turn around and say, you can have your stay, but you're also going to be on an accelerated time frame for filing for cert.
0: I see. So in the Second Circuit uh, decision uh, appeal for a writ of cert to SCOTUS, we don't yet know in the Deutsche Bank case if uh, they're going to grant an administrative temporary stay or I think they I think he has to like December 9th or 10th. Uh, until that, before that seven-day stay expires. Uh, and so they would have to do that now. And and presumably, like you said, they, they would put together some sort of an accelerated timeline for briefings and replies and so replies.
2: Yeah. So what I expect to happen is that uh, Trump had seven days in which to achieve a stay of the case in the court, which meant he had to request it before that seven days was up. So he filed his stay request today and... Uh, RBG, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, is the the Second Circuit justice, the justice at the Supreme Court who's who's responsible for handling requests that come in uh, from Second Circuit cases to the Supreme Court. And so this this has landed on her desk as of today, and she has until the 10th to decide whether or not to extend the stay that the Second Circuit gave – to allow the Supreme Court to actually hear this request, because if if the Supreme Court doesn't do something to extend the stay, then the stay will expire and Deutsche Bank will have to comply with the subpoena. What I expect to have happen is what happened in the Mazar's case, where Chief Justice Roberts was actually the circuit justice for the D.C. Circuit. And in the House Mazar's case, he gave an administrative stay, just to allow the the actual stay request to be heard by the full Supreme Court at a conference date, rather than having the uh, stay expire and allow the subpoena to go through. So so what I expect to have happen is RBG will give an administrative stay that will stay at at least through December 13th, which is the next Supreme Court conference date, at which point the entire court will sit and consider whether to grant an actual stay allowing Trump to then file for his writ of cert. And in doing that, that is when they would say, um, we're giving you a stay to file your writ of cert, but you have to do it quickly and put him on an accelerated timetable.
0: I see. And speaking of um, the Mazar's case, which you were just mentioning, this is the one where Mazar's was willing to cooperate with House Oversight and then asked House Oversight to issue a friendly subpoena, quote unquote, which they did. Trump then filed suit to block it. Uh, He lost in the district court. And uh, did what's the latest in, in that uh, case? Because he lost in the appellate court too, and it didn't. I think this week didn't he file uh, his appeal for writ uh, of cert to the Supreme Court?
2: Yes. So similarly to the Deutsche Bank case, um, he first had to request a stay from the Supreme Court. That's the one that landed on uh, uh, Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts' desk. He granted an administrative stay. Then the entire court considered the the stay request and granted a uh, an actual stay to allow Trump to file his writ of cert. They gave him until December 5th to file his writ of cert, which is requesting an actual appeal of the case itself to the Supreme Court. Uh, Trump filed that in the House Mazar's case on December 5th, which was yesterday. Good Lord. Time is really traveling at a very strange speed. Um, So he filed that on on December 5th. Uh, The uh, House Democrats will have, um, I think it's 30 days to to respond to that, but I would expect them to instead file very quickly, possibly Monday is is when I would guess they would file, um, opposing his request for cert so that the papers will be complete and the Supreme Court can take up the request for cert on uh, Friday, December 13th at the uh, next conference date, which would mean that all three cases, the uh, Vance uh, Mazars case, the House Mazars case, and the House Deutsche Bank case could conceivably all be considered at the Supreme Court's conference date on December 13th. Well, let me, let me pause on that. We know that the Vance case is going to be considered at, the, at that conference. That is already on the schedule to be considered at the conference. The other two cases, it looks like all the paperwork will be done, all of the filings by the parties will be done to allow them to be considered at the, thir- at the conference on the 13th, but we don't know whether or not they will be.
0: Okay and you and you just brought up the uh, the fifth case here that's the Cy Vance Mazar's case uh, and that is on schedule to be heard at the conference in Supreme Court December 13th Friday the 13th awesome and w- when when was the last decision we got in that case because that one th- it seems like the other ones were accelerated uh, to meet up sort of with
2: that case yeah you know that one was put on a very strange schedule because what happened was at the Uh, At the Second Circuit Court of Appeals, um, Trump panicked at one point in the case and was started to believe that he wasn't going to get a stay and wasn't going to be able to make it to the Supreme Court. And so he cut a deal with Vance uh, at the uh, Manhattan District Attorney's Office, and the deal was, you'll give me a stay, um, and I agree that I will file my request for cert within 10 days of the uh, Second Circuit Court of Appeals ruling in this case. So they just short-circuited the process with an agreement for a schedule on when to file for cert. So whereas the House Mazar's case and the House Deutsche Bank case both had to go through this process of requesting a stay from SCOTUS, um, in the, in the uh, Vance Mazar's case, the parties agreed that they would stay it themselves, in return for an accelerated schedule, but they've all kind of ended up in the same place because they're they're now all coming to to the court at a, at approximately the same time, and all will be at least ready to be heard on on December thirteenth.
0: Yeah, and whether they're all heard on the thirteenth or not, we don't know. But you have said uh, in talking to you in the past that that SCOTUS could say, you know what, we're going to have a an abnormal or unscheduled conference date, December 20th, and, and we'll have something out to you by the 23rd. They can do that. They have a lot of power in that uh, way. But man, I tell you what, for somebody whose only defense is to delay, he's not even good at that.
2: Yeah. And, it, and his options for creating more delay are really running out here. I yeah. mean, there there really isn't much he can do to push this back. It's definitely all three of these cases are definitely going to be decided this Supreme Court term, which means they're going to all be decided with opinions issued by the court by June. There's very little doubt about that at this point. What what seems much more likely is either that these things, all three of these, or any one of the three, could actually be finished next week. Um, with with the with the either Vance getting. Uh, the Mazars materials or the House getting the Mazars materials or the Deutsche Deutsche Bank materials as soon as December 16th, or the court putting this on a very accelerated timetable the way they've done with the request for cert and putting the merits arguments on an accelerated timetable that have a, a ruling on the merits of the case by sometime in what I would think would be early March but it doesn't look to me like the supreme court is going to allow this to drag on they seem to recognize the urgency and they the, i i see all three of these cases being resolved very soon
0: yeah especially with that accelerated timetable in the oversight mazar's case it just seemed like they they're catching on and then of course you know with the 7 day <clears throat> uh temporary stay issued you know by the, the second circuit in the Deutsche bank case i'm trying to keep them all straight in my head it's hard uh, yeah, they are definitely on a on a on a fast track, and so I guess to wrap up here, we've got uh, Deutsche Bank and Mazar's oversight and Vance all possibly at least ready for review December thirteenth in the Supreme Court, and then of course we've got the McGann uh, subpoena for testimony and the Mueller grand jury materials case. Uh, I think those are set to go for January third. We call that the oversight Super Bowl. <laughs> That's going to happen in uh DC Circuit. No. Yes. D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals on January 3rd. So we'll be there for that. All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. I really, really appreciate it. Um, helping us keep abreast and uh, above, uh, you know, of all these different cases that are going on. It's, it's a lot. Uh, but we will we will keep you posted. So uh, put some beans on it. Thanks a lot.
3: All right. So that's our show. Uh, Just a quick update. After we recorded that interview, RBG issued the administrative stay in the Deutsche Bank case, meaning it is on for SCOTUS to review the case during their December 13th conference. Yes.
1: Yes.
3: Um, Her stay is temporary and is set to end at 5 p.m. on December 13th, indicating she plans on having some kind of decision for us either that day or by Monday, the 16th. They could decide on the 13th to grant a full stay, uh, a full on stay, pending appeal. That's the same day they'll decide to grant cert in the House Mazar's case. So they could grant cert in the House Mazar's case and grant the stay in the Deutsche Bank case, or they could deny cert in the House Mazar's case and deny the stay in the Deutsche Bank case. Uh, don't forget, they're also considering whether to grant cert in the Cy Vance-Mazar's case. So the most conservative outcome is they grant cert in Cy Vance and oversight Mazar's and grant the stay in the Deutsche Bank case. Um, so we'll look forward to that news. Yeah. And uh, we did it. Yeah, we did it. Yay. Woo. Um, Please be nice to us. Yes, please, <laughs> dear God. I'm realizing my voice, I'm not used to talking for that long. No, usually, AG I don't know how she the, does it.
1: Yeah, she's our, our fearless leader and um w- woman of intense vocal strength. Oh, 100%. Yes. Always. Have you seen that lady karaoke? My God. Yeah. We are, we bow down. Yeah. <laughs> we bow down. <laughs> we, we bow down. Um, but hopefully, we made you all proud in her stead. Yes, definitely. Well,
3: you know, it's easy almost on the more Road episodes because there's so much news. Mm-hmm. Unless we want the episode to be five hours long. Yes. It's largely just talking, like delivering the headlines. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, at for least when out. AG is gone. Oh, yes. When yeah. AG is here, she has amazing murder boards in her brain. And she's oh like,
1: to just put together this like murder board just, yes rubik's cube <laughs> of yeah. fucking crime yeah one thing that's cool too and I, I get you guys can't see is that when she's delivering the news to you she's like constantly sketching out little scenarios here on her notepad so um but yeah yes. thanks for hanging out with us everyone today Jeez. that should be a patreon gift oh a hey, her sketches sc- yeah. i think she said this before oh she did good yeah okay well um, then
3: i am a hack <laughs>
1: <laughs> no but seriously I think they'd be kind of cool I mean I yeah. love her little sketches
3: but I love them too sometimes yeah. I do look over and there's not shit there <laughs> <laughs> it looks like that kid in the ring or something that's like just drawing or what what it's like some horror movie where the kid is demented not expose and he's her. Just, yeah the kid's just like drawing black scratches everywhere uh no I'm just great kidding. patron gift yeah <laughs> it really is no it's funny I think it's it helps it helps to like be doing another thing a little bit with when, your you're hands. when you're processing yeah yeah
1: yeah totally yeah. when you're when you're thinking and you're yeah when you're for sure yeah it definitely helps me I do that when I'm on the phone yeah I have to talk to someone about something like for a work meeting I'll like scribble while I'm doing so definitely
3: one shot. time I was f- on the phone with my grandmother and I looked down to see that I had taken up about seven-eighths of a page in lines that had a space between them that couldn't be measured by anything that exists on a shelf today it was like the most <laughs> meticulous. I've never done that in my life. It's crazy. That's what family does to you.
1: <laughs> any uh, any plans for the rest of your Sunday, Jordan? Uh, Yes. I'm going to work at the La Jolla Comedy Store. Hell yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Well, by the time you hear this, be it'll be guy. too late to come see her. Yes, it will.
3: Also, I don't even know if I'm getting up. I might just be a door guy tonight. Yeah. yeah. Any shows coming up that you want
1: oh, to tell for asking. all y'all about?
3: I do. I do have a bunch of shows, actually. Um,
1: Sweet. Yeah. Let's see here. Okay. In the meantime, what are you doing today? I'm gonna do laundry and hang out with my dog. Okay. Thrilling. That sounds amazing. Yeah. That sounds fantastic. Um,
3: how is uh how is Moo? Uh, my dog. Yes. Perfect and wonderful. Perfect and wonderful. <laughs> Don't ever say anything else. Don't ask my neighbors.
1: <laughs> Don't ask my neighbors. Oh, really? That's he funny. barks a lot. Oh, okay. I love yeah. him anyway. But it's one of those things where it's like, it's only okay when I say it. Yes, totally. Exactly. (laughs) I completely get that.
3: Um, Okay, for shows, really quick, you can catch me Wednesdays at the La Jolla Comedy Store at 8 o'clock there every week. And then on the 19th of December, I will be headlining a show in Kearney Mesa at the Comedy Palace. So that's fun. That's a Thursday. Uh, I have no clue exactly if I have free tickets to give out to that show they can tweet at you right yeah jordan's confused yes at jordan's confused thank you and then on friday on the 20th i will be doing a show at a place in downtown san diego called courtyard which is a really cool uh beer place sweet (laughs) yes and um okay that's i'll also be at the madhouse comedy club the weekend of january Something. January 24th Sweet Yes And 24th and 25th I'll be at the Madness Comedy awesome. Club Four shows Two nights well, One ginger <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sweet Yes Well um, Thank you so much for leading today I think you did a great job Thank you mm-hmm. I
3: really feel like I don't know how AG does it yep. So She's I appreciate awesome. your encouragement Yes Yes uh, but thank you for listening. And AG will be back. And AG, I hope you had fun. Hope your team won. The Cleveland Browns, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Go, pigskins. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, wrapping up. Yep. Everybody, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of your mental health. Take care of the planet. I messed up the order, but it means Close the enough. same thing. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, have a great week. And we will see you next week. Thank you. I have been Jordan Coburn. I've been Amanda Reeder and we are Muller She Wrote that's not what we say <laughs> we say what do we say this is Muller She Wrote this is Muller She Wrote I mean are we a this I feel like we are we you, you know we embody <laughs> Muller She like wrote? we are we we have a philosophical oh, wait, debate at the
1: end of the show that's true sorry okay. we'll leave this
3: in okay and this <laughs> is Muller She Wrote
0: Muller She Wrote is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn, with engineering and editing by Mackenzie Mazel and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, production, and social media direction is by Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder, and our knowledgeable listeners. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is mullersherote.com. MSW Media.